folks, and welcome back to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, a segment of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we seek to highlight some of the activists in the movement, some of the activists who are on the streets sacrificing some of their time, some of their energy for the lives and the integrity of, of pre-born children, doing what they can to have conversations, to, um, to really show the injustice of abortion to the people of the culture, to the people of their cities, to make a change, to work for, towards that cultural transformation and to see lives saved. My guest today is a good friend and a colleague in the movement. Her name is Michelle Kalawag. She is the executive director for Toronto Right to Life, and she is the former president of the Pro-Life Club on the University of Toronto. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, Peter, for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, this is great. I'm looking forward to this. Now, one of the things we often like to start off with, Michelle, is just to learn a little bit more about you. And here's why. Sometimes people look at pro-lifers, especially people who work full-time in the pro-life movement, and they're like, they're a special breed. Like, there's something totally different. They're crazy. That's all they care about. They're like this one issue, one passion sort of person. And yet, one of the things we want to highlight is that that's actually not the case. That there's, I mean, we're just regular human beings like the rest of us. And so maybe just highlight a little bit about who you are, what makes you tick, um, who is Michelle? Yeah, um, I'm an immigrant. Uh, my family and I moved here from the Philippines about 12 years ago, so in 2009. And I have five siblings, so four brothers and a sister. So I grew up in a big family. And the best way I can describe growing up in a big family or have, uh, have uh, growing up with five siblings is that it's a beautiful chaos. It's uh, definitely chaotic, messy, but also you can have a lot of fun having lots of siblings too. Um, another thing about me is that I love science and that's why I majored in human biology at the University of Toronto. And my original plan was to uh, do something in healthcare or in medicine uh, before I realized that God had a different plan for me. Um, I also love sushi. <laughs> so if you ask me what I would like to eat for dinner or lunch, I would definitely say sushi, unless I just had sushi. And so I might say something else. And I guess one more thing would be, I do youth ministry work on the side. Uh, that's because I love my faith. I'm a Catholic. And I love sharing my faith with others too. So on the side, when I'm not doing pro-life work, I'm doing youth ministry work for my church. Beautiful. That's awesome. I also love sushi. I don't know if I don't know if you had this, but it took me some time to acquire a taste for sushi. Um, but I really wanted to because I wanted to sort of enjoy it. And now I do, which is great. Anyway, you talk about um, God calling you towards a different direction. You studied biology in, in university, um, but um, sort of a, 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 a career in science is something you're not doing right now. So talk to us a little bit about how were you led to the movement? What sort of steps did you have to take or what was your journey like into the pro-life movement? Yeah, um, I actually learned about the abortion issue in grade 11. I didn't think too much of it, to be honest. I didn't think it was a big problem. I thought it was rare and that only a few people um, actually thought that it was okay. And that's because in the Philippines, abortion is illegal and unthinkable as well. And so it's not something that we debate about the majority of people or it's understood that abortion is wrong. And it was only in grade 12 that I realized that abortion is a big problem. And that's when I 
attended the, my very first March for Life in Ottawa and realized that a lot of people actually think that abortion is okay and that it is not rare and that, you know, 300 babies are killed every day. And when I learned that or discovered that, uh, it really surprised me, by the way. Um, and when I, yeah, when I learned about that, I realized that I wanted to do something about the issue. But at the same time, I felt hopeless because I was just a student and I was still new to the country. And I didn't think that I could do or make a difference. But I uh, went to university and I knew that that desire was still in my heart. I tried to look for the pro-life club there. Uh, but I didn't have the courage to get involved, to be honest. And so I found the pro-life club, but I didn't join any of their meetings or I didn't show up to any of the meetings. It was only until the second year that I finally found the courage to get involved. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? I'll just contribute in small ways that I could, like giving out flyers, helping organize their events, and I'll attend all their meetings so that I could learn as much as I could and be able to... Uh, share my pro-life beliefs with others. And as I got more involved, and yes, I became the club president the next year, which I was not planning <laughs> to to be or to do. Um, and as I got more involved with the club, I also started volunteering for Toronto Right to Life. The club was partnering with Toronto Right to Life with their youth conference, which is an annual, uh, annual event where we invite different schools, different high schools, uh, for a, a day of pro-life presentations from apologetics to having a heart apologetics panel where we have speakers from different pastoral arms of the movement and then having a strategy presentation as well. And so I started volunteering for Toronto Right to Life in my university years. And as I did more work, I realized that there's so much work to be done. And I realized that the need to take action also is urgent. It's important. That's also how I first learned about doing activism. I did my very first tracing in university as well. And it was very memorable because it was during a winter storm. Um, I could not believe that we actually did it. But we, we were there and I listened. I was beside an experienced activist, listened to his conversations. And that's when I realized that, wow, you can change people's minds on abortion. And I was seeing it right there, right in front of my eyes. And that's when I realized too that I can make a difference now. I don't need to wait for more training or to get older, I guess, or to have more experience to make a difference uh, today. I learned that they just by you know, be, being effective in my apologetics or equipping my, with my apologetics I can start making a difference and change people's minds on abortion. And when it, when I got to my fourth, uh, fourth year, my last year in university, I realized that I was really passionate about the pro-life cost, uh, less compared to going into medicine or something in healthcare. And so I started considering working in the pro-life movement, but I was thinking to myself, to be honest, I would only stay for a year or two and then move on. But as I did more pro-life work, I realized that God was definitely calling me to do this work. And the call was just getting louder and louder to the point that I could just not simply ignore it. And though I tried to say no a few times, <laughs> try to change my plans and try to plan something different, um, God was still leading me his way. And when I finally said yes and I told myself, okay, I will do pro-life work as long as I'm needed, I honestly found peace in my decision. 
And it, yes, it's it's not easy. Yes, it's difficult. Um, but honestly, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, that's that's a cool journey. I wasn't aware that the first year of university, you you're like I'm pro life, but I just want to know that there's a pro life club, and I don't really want to get involved. Um, and I think that's important for people who are listening and they look at some of the work that we do with Toronto Right to Life or CCBR um, or other groups like this as well. Um, you don't have to sort of dive right in head first to the deep end, um, but there, you can sort of like gradually walk your way in. Now, you talked about the important, like the just being on the streets and, and seeing people change their mind. Was that sort of a key sh uh, shift in your perspective? in actually doing pro-life work or were there some other things as well, maybe mentorship from friends like Blaze or some of the others that we work with? Um, what were some of the big factors in going from, um, okay, like I'm pro-life, but I just, I just can't get involved. This is too, maybe controversial, maybe sort of someone else's thing um, to being like, okay, I'm going to do activism on my campus. Well, yeah, the, if, if, you, if you told me that I would be doing activism as part of the club, I would be very hesitant, to be honest with you, because I never really saw myself doing activism or just talking to people, especially strangers on the streets about a controversial issue. But through the training that I received from the club, also the support from Blazed, and also just people believing in me that I could do it, even though I didn't believe in myself at first that I could be an effective pro-life advocate, that I think made a huge difference. And that helped me a lot to, you know what, step out of my comfort zone, just try it and see how it goes. And as I did more activism, I really realized how effective it is, how effective the end the killing strategy is. And when I saw people changing their minds on the issue of abortion, I got more convicted to doing more activism. And so I would say two key things that uh, made me decide to join and do pro-life work is doing effective activism or pro-life work. So doing activism or, do, or talking to people on the streets and also the support that I received from Blaze and other pro-life friends who believe that I could do it. So yeah, those, those two things. I love it. Yeah. Blaze often talks about the importance of a community of building those relationships. So that's, that's really cool to see. Now you are the president, that's not true. You're the executive director of Toronto Right to Life. Talk to me about that role. What do you do? What are you involved in? What is your mission with Toronto Right to Life? Yeah, uh, at Toronto Right to Life, we specifically uh, use the end the killing plan or implement the end the killing strategy locally here in Toronto. And recently did that about maybe five or six years ago. And it has been an incredible transformation. Because through the End the Killing Plan, um, and with the End the Killing Plan, you know, includes providing photographic evidence of what abortion does to preborn children and who the preborn children are, and also uh, complementing the evidence with effective apologetics. So using the human rights argument, for example. And so we make sure that all our educational projects um, have those two components. And so from giving presentations in high schools, we make sure that we present the pro-life view from a scientific and human rights perspective, and then we show what abortion does to pre-born children, and also talk about the science of human development. We're able to see students changing from zero to 10 on a scale where zero means pro-choice and 10 means pro-life. And we see lots of students, actually the majority of students say that the key thing that changed your mind from the presentation is seeing 
what abortion does to preborn children, because all of them or most of them did not know. Or seeing pro-lifers who were maybe on the scale of maybe on the scale of eight from ten, sorry, change from eight to ten, just getting more convicted about their pro-life beliefs after seeing what abortion does to preborn children. And so we make sure that all our projects or presentations, we do street activism and in partnership with CCPR. And we do a lot of training events too, because obviously our primary goal is to change hearts and minds in order to make abortion unthinkable. But in order to achieve that goal, we need to equip uh, our fellow pro-lifers to do the same thing. And so we run different training events like weekly webinars where we tackle different topics related to the abortion issue or the assisted suicide issue. Uh, we also uh, run the annual training event in the summer called the Crash Course, where we invite activists of different experiences to learn more on how to be an effective pro-life advocate, but also to gain hands-on experience doing outreach with experience, um, experienced staff members and volunteers. And so, and we actually have one that's upcoming, the Pro-Life Week of Action, which is specifically for, pro, for high school students. It happens during the March break. And the goal is to be able to give them the tools they need in order to be a confident pro-life ambassador and gain the hands-on experience that they need in order to change hearts and minds on the issue. Um, and so, yes, we run different training events in order to help other uh, pro-lifers to do activism with us. Another thing that we do also here in Toronto is we mentor and support uh, students on campuses so that they can run their clubs effectively. Um, as a student myself back then and as a club president back then, it was not easy trying to figure out what I should be doing. <laughs> there was no manual on how to run, or at least back then, there was no manual on how to run an effective pro-life club. And it's usually a trial and error. And sometimes, most of the time, we were guessing on what I should be doing. But um, as, as we learn from that experience, we want to help students save a lot of time and stress and teach them what is effective, what's effective strategy on their own campus so that they can spend less time worrying about how, what to do and they can spend more time doing what needs to be done on their campus. And so I keep in touch with student leaders on campus. We run trainings for them and we also do activism alongside them so that we can transform each campus on the GTA. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I love the the training component, the equipping component, the motivating component, and, and really getting people active. You mentioned the Pro Life Week of Action. One thing is the application open for that? Um, because if it yes. is, I'll throw it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> I am glad that you asked me. Yes, the the registration is now open. So if you're a high school student listening to this, or you know someone um, who might be interested in the Pro Life Week of Action, please let them know that. The registration is now open and um, you can go to our website or CCBR's website and find the um, page there for where you can register. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll throw that in the show notes. So the link will be there. Um, but I just want to clarify a, a key thing, not clarify, but just highlight a key thing. So the week of the pro-life week of action um, is around the March break. So I assume it's, it's specifically sort of targeting the high school schedule. Um, but you don't need to be a particular age to do pro-life work, right? I mean, like we have the crash course. Is that for a particular age or some of the other programs? Like who can take part in this? 
Yeah, I would say anyone. <laughs>、um, yeah, the crash course is obviously is open for anyone of any stage, of any age, I should say.、Um, who, whether regardless of your experience, whether you're new to activism or an experienced activist wanting to learn more, wanting to gain more experience, it is definitely open to anyone. And so, if you are interested in getting more pro-life training, pro-life support. I highly recommend attending the crash course in the summer. And if you're again if you're a high school student, the prolific action would be perfect for you because it is during your March break, so it's the best time、um, to spend、uh, time learning about pro-life apologetics, but also just getting to know other pro-life、uh, leaders and pro-lifers in the movement as well. All right. So you do presentations, you do activism. I wonder if you could share some memorable moments. With me from some of the conversations you had, maybe it's with a pro-choice student on your university campus, maybe it's with a pro-choice student at the high school you just did a presentation at.、Um, but could you share some memorable moments or stories、um, of just some of the things that really stand out from your time doing activism? Yeah, actually, I was doing choice senior activism just yesterday, and. It went so well, to be honest.、Uh, we were at Ryerson University and then University of Toronto afterwards, and we had so many conversations. It, even though it was, there were only a few of us,、um, one conversation that I had was with this、uh, student at UFD, where she I asked her what she thought about abortion, and then she the first thing she said was, "Oh, I'm strongly pro-choice," but I could tell that she was open to having a conversation. And then I asked her, you know, why are you pro-choice? And she said that. Uh, she thought abortion was necessary if the mother's life is at risk and there's no other option. And so I asked her if there was any specific medical situation that she thought abortion would be needed.、Uh, she couldn't really think of any, and so I gave her some examples. I gave her an analogy as well. And what, the interesting part of that conversation is that she brought up the famous burning IVF analogy too <laughs> in the mix. <laughs> and so I had to address that as well, and I told her that okay, so. Uh, in the burning IVF analogy, for those who maybe have never heard of it,、uh, they ask you if you have, you know, a hundred frozen embryos in one room and a toddler in the other, which one you would save? And a lot of people would obviously the toddler. Now, then they would say, oh, then that that's why you can, you know, justify abortion because you don't think the embryos are actually valuable or important. And so I explained to her that that analogy, yes, can show. Um, who we think is more valuable, which is very subjective, because I can change that toddler into someone you know, someone you love, and you'll obviously choose that person because you love that person because of that relationship. Or I can change the frozen embryos to、um, your mom. So now it's your mom versus, let's say, a random teenager, and obviously you choose your mom. And so your response to that analogy shows who we value more based on our experiences, based on our relationships. But it doesn't actually answer the question who we can kill, and so by explaining that to her, she was able to connect that response to the medical situation. She said, "Oh, so you're saying that there are situations where we cannot save someone, but we can never kill a person to save another." Said,、so、"You're right, exactly." And that just clicked to her, and that just made sense to her, and she agreed with me that okay, well, I, I agree with you. If there's another way to save the mother, then we should never kill the child too. So, yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. That's exactly what the pro-life message is.、And、then she also asked me about the case of rape, and I just 
you know, uh, ask her questions like, if we wouldn't kill a born child conceived and raped, why would we kill that same child a year, a few months earlier for the very same reason? And questions just like that just made her think, oh, you're right, like, the baby's also a victim. And she was worried about the mom who might, you know, suffer from um, mental illness or depression after having gone through a traumatic experience, which can be understandable. And she said, how do we help her? Let's say, you know, you have a depressed mom whose baby was conceived in rape. How, what's the best thing to do in that situation? And I just asked her the question back. I said, what would you do in that situation? She said, well, it may require separating the baby from the mom. And so that we can help each of them, but never having to kill one of them. I said, exactly, right? In situations where the mother and the baby need help, we would never think of killing one of them as a solution. We would always find the best way to help both of those human beings. And she said, wow, that, yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that. And she said at the end, I have to go now because I've got to get something for my friend. But I must say that I really enjoyed this conversation and you've definitely shifted my opinion on the issue. And I want to say thank you for your time for talking to me. And yeah, that, that conversation, that's just one of the conversations that I had yesterday that where I saw someone change their mind and it was really encouraging uh, to hear that. Um, one of the other things that's memorable, I guess, from activism too is having pro-choicers defend you from angry pro-choicers. I've, had, uh, I've spoken to pro-choicers to are open to having conversations, are very polite, and then all of a sudden, another angry producer would start yelling at me or uh, show disrespect or something like that. And this producer, I remember him saying like, yo, dude, that's not cool. <laughs> you know, she, she doesn't deserve that or uh, you, you don't need to use like anger or hatred to have a conversation. And it just shows that the way we treat people too makes a lot of difference um, in reaching someone's heart and their mind and that's why it's so important to not only be able to share the truth but also to be able to do that with love and respect especially the people that disagree with us that's great yeah thank you so much for sharing that and i have one final question michelle um so you do a lot of training uh you you work to get people involved in the movement and i know you share stories like this um all the time because i mean who wants to do pro-life work that's ineffective, right? Who wants to do pro-life work where you're not going to see people change their minds? But for, for people who might be listening right now, wondering whether they should get involved um, and what sort of work they should do, perhaps, what would you say as a, some tips, perhaps, for them um, on, on how they should get involved? How should they start? What should they do? Um, where should they go? Maybe or maybe even just some motivation or some encouragement for them to actually get involved in the pro-life movement. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you know that in your heart there's a desire to get active, to get involved, to do something about the abortion issue, but maybe you're overwhelmed with your fears or worries or doubts, I can tell you that I was in the same boat. <laughs> I also had so many doubts and fears and worries, um, but really what it takes is to you know, get out there and ask for that support that you need. Um, just get started. Uh, and trying it, not being afraid to try it. I know that, for example, doing street activism can be very scary, and it is scary, I'm not going to lie, um, but being able to give it a shot, giving, giving it a try, 
because honestly, there is so much training and support that we can provide you. And as you do it more, you can get more comfortable talking to people about abortion. And you also, it's just so encouraging also to see so many people changing their minds right in front of you. And just like me and many of my friends and other colleagues who started doing activism, they were also afraid. They were also nervous. But um, they were able to overcome that fear, that doubt, and that helped them to take the first step, get that training that they need, and then do their first activism. And so I guess in short, you know, just sign up, reach out to Toronto Right to Life and CCBR to get the training that you need. And we'll make sure that you're equipped and confident to reach people's hearts and minds when you go out there on the streets. How can we reach out to Toronto Life, Right to Life? Where can we find you? Yeah, I think the best way would be going to our website. So that's www.trtl.ca. And then you can click on the menu that says get involved. And through that, um, we will contact you, contact us, and then we'll follow up on you. And we'll um, make sure that you can get started by receiving training and then by doing activism. Awesome. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the program today. Thank you so much, Peter, for having me. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, that is Michelle Kaluweg, the executive director of Toronto Right to Life and the former president of the Pro-Life Club on the campus of the University of Toronto. This is our conversation, and, and we have these conversations to show the importance of doing pro-life work and to show that change can actually happen, that people can actually change their minds. We do see babies saved, and um, because of that, we're working towards the ultimate transformation of our culture. So we want to encourage you to get involved. If you're in Toronto, do reach out to Michelle and the team at Toronto Right to Life at trtl.ca. Uh, if you're not in Toronto but still want to get involved, reach out to us at the podcast um, at prolifeguys.com and uh, we, will get you, we will get you connected with a group in your area. And if not, we'll, we'll work with you um, to start a group in your area and provide the training necessary to be effective with your group. So reach out to us, prolifeguys.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing this episode with your friends and your family and your colleague and uh, the people you, you study with and maybe your neighbors as well. Thank you for sharing this episode with the world. We're extremely grateful that you continue to listen, continue to support us on this program as we seek to do the very thing that Michelle's passionate about and the very thing that she does uh, in Toronto. And that is equipping people with the tools that they need to have those effective conversations, those winsome conversations, so that together as a movement, as a pro-life community, we can see people change their minds, we can see lives saved, and we can see our culture transform. Thank you so much. We hope you tune in again next time. God bless you all.